Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Is that the same song? Is that the same song, Sam? No, it's not. Uh, um, Smithy's birthday. If you're listening in, Smithy, hope you're having a good day. Hope you. Can you play? I don't even know what state the golf courses are in in Hawke's Bay at the moment. Um, this is actually Twister. Uh, that's Twister. No, yeah. And uh, at one point, I think he had the record for the fastest rap or fastest rapper. There was that yarn going around. It's pretty quick on the tongue. Who's the guy that played Harry Potter? Stack it up. Yeah, that was Twister. <laughs> no, the guy that played Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, so he can rap the fastest ever rap. He did it oh. on Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, wow. Mm. Go look. Oh, I think I actually might have seen that. Um, Eminem's done a pretty fast one as well. Is it rap got? Which one's a really fast Eminem one? Who knows? But uh, tune. Tune. Yeah. Tune, tune. Um, I'm going to get to these secret messages. If you've sent them in, I am going to get through them with all of your great ideas for rule changes. But we have a pressing engagement. And we're going to go up to the UK. UK rugby commentator Sam Roberts, he joins us. And I, for one, Sam, I've been very much enjoying the Six Nations. In fact, I think a lot of New Zealand has been enjoying the Six Nations, uh, which we haven't always done. But does it surprise you that New Zealand are really enjoying this current instalment of the Six Nations? No, I don't think it does. I, I, I think, you know, when you, when you look at the product that's that, that's coming out and the sort of games that are being played, you know, you mentioned those two teams, that, that game between Ireland and France was was pretty electric, wasn't it? You know, to, to, to switch on your TV screens and see both teams going at it like that. And, you know, and, and I think other teams are, are slowly but surely trying to follow suit. I'd, I'd add Italy to that, to that, to that sort of mm. credibility. I mean, they, they aren't winning but they are playing some good rugby they they scared Ireland a little at the weekend and and Kieran Crowley has got them going in the right direction and playing the right sort of rugby the right sort of attractive uh the right sort of intent behind their rugby and that and that's really important um you know England and Wales are in a slightly different place Scotland are playing some good stuff as well you know the uh the magician that is Finn Russell seems to be doing some good stuff over there so yeah I'm I'm not surprised I'm not surprised I'm glad you know we up in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, we reciprocate the feeling towards Super Rugby and, and you boys, especially in New Zealand. And we love, love watching and tuning into everything that you do. So I'm, I'm pleased that we can do a little bit something for you. I, I don't know whether you heard, but um, All Black um, Brad Webber, All Black Halfback, uh, was asked to comment about a, a tap penalty strike play that resulted in a try for the Chiefs in week one. And they said, where did that come from? And he said, look, to be honest, we're copying the Northern Hemisphere. And he said, yeah. isn't that a surprise that New Zealand or Southern Hemisphere used to be the innovators and the North seemed to try and copy and, and nullify? Oh, my, how the worm has turned. And <laughs> and I thought that was a, a fantastic, truthful admission from someone, and he didn't even struggle to say it as well. So I think that's quite good for the global game. Yes, but I would repay the compliment by suggesting that a huge amount of our rugby know-how in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, lends itself to a few key individuals coming through that, that potentially have, you know, and 
the game is now very global, isn't it? The, ga- the game is very much about, you know, being able to connect with a lot of different people. We, we, we see a lot more of it. The game is a lot more available uh, through <laughs> the myriad of, of, of uh, choices that you have to watch the game. That there's, a, there's a lot more TV coverage and a, a lot more opportunity in which to get into it. And, and I think that's, that, that's, that's credit to everyone. I, I, I can't imagine that, um, that if the worm has turned, I can't imagine that it's not <laughs> it's going to stay that way for too long. And I'm sure we, you know you guys will retort. You 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 know the the, the southern hemisphere and, and the rugby you know being played by you guys will will find its own way of uh, of reinventing the wheel. And that's all we're all looking to do, aren't we? I mean, rugby is a pretty simple game in a way. You you try and run with it. You you, you try and pass it well. You try and not get tackled. And 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 that that's basically it. Um, and and so yeah, I think. I think I, I think we're all learning off each other. I, it's nice. It's a nice compliment. I, we'll, we'll take it. But I, I can't imagine it'll be too long before the, the, the shoe is on the other foot. <laughs> you mentioned Italy. It was a surprise package. My surprise package in the Six Nations has been Scotland. Um, yes, there's yeah. a couple of big names there, but they're largely unknown in this part of the world anyway. And, and their collective unity, they're sort of like... Sort sort of like an island B, you know, that, and I love the collective yeah. way Ireland play as, as a massive green wave, and we saw it for three tests in New Zealand last year. Scotland seemed to have found something within themselves. I'm used to them being sort of fourth, fifth in the Six Nations. We find them second on the table, three points difference. What's been the secret behind the resurgence of Scottish rugby? Um... It's difficult to perhaps uh, say anything more than than they, that they've they've had a vision for a while, um, and I think everyone is now uh, pointing in the same direction. Everyone is is sort of there. They've, you know, the last couple of years they've had a few issues around management and, and getting the right players in the in, in the right place. And you know, uh, Craig Townsend, who, who's leading them, who incidentally said that actually he felt they had their best game at the weekend uh, in their loss against France. Um, he, he he has worked very hard with his coaches to to, to try and get a, uh, an overview, try and use the right people in the right way, and I, I think that's that's what they've got. And, and also, when you look at them, that there's there's a huge amount of of togetherness. And you know, I, I've got a, a friend playing in the Northern Hemisphere, or I say playing, he has eventually retired. A guy that you might recognise the name of, a guy called Paul Tupai. Yes. And he says that you have to get it, you have to get things right off the pitch before you get them right on the pitch. And I think that's a little bit of what uh, Scotland have done. You don't have to go too far back in history to find out that they weren't getting things right off the pitch. And there was a little bit of, um, there was an unsettled uh, sort of setup to where they were going and, and what they were trying to do. But now they've got that right and they've got the right people in the right zones. You, you can see that the right sort of rugby is being played. And I'm, I'm not surprised um, the, the club game has, has always been in, in club game has been in relatively big form for a second there uh the club game's been in pretty good form uh you know of late and i'm pleased to see it, it, it translate into the international stage what you just described there it sounded like you were talking about the all blacks at the moment where the game's uh, okay on the field but off the field it's a shocker <laughs> with all of our coaching dramas over here and who yeah. should be and when they should name and has any of that um Oh, it's a furore down here in New Zealand about the Scott Roberts and sure. Ian Foster thing. Is that leaked up to the Northern Hemisphere? Yeah, it has because obviously you know, 
Uh, Scott Scott Robertson has been linked with a, with a couple of different jobs up here, and, and and in fact, you know, there's there's still people, you know, sort of linking his name to a number of a number of different roles. I, I suppose we're waiting to see what happens, and we're waiting to see where where the cards fall. Um, because he is of interest to a lot of different people up here, and of course, you know, we, the Northern Hemisphere has got got a man in, in someone like Warren Gatland, who is who has been a big part of Northern Hemisphere rugby, but is, has been back down there and 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 done has been involved. I was going to say he's done quite well. He's, I, I'll leave that up to your your <laughs> listeners to decide whether Warren Gatland did well when he came back for a bit. But you know, I, I, I think we we follow with interest that the, the coaching. Uh, merry-go-round should we call it that yeah uh that that, that is happening in 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 those parts of the world because we know that, that 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 certain uh decisions or certain choices that you guys make might have an effect on teams like scotland and and and, and teams like uh uh england indeed you know obviously even have sorted themselves out but there, there was a there was a time at one stage where uh just before eddie jones went that that, that scott robertson's name was was being linked to uh to, to things with the, the main job there as well. And, and, and we'll have to see. We'll have to see. The, the amazing thing to me is uh, there's so much talk about Scott Robertson and these, there's been links with Fiji, with Scotland, yeah. um, with England before. No one's linking Ian Foster to anything. Would he be marketable in the Northern Hemisphere if they came out and announced Scott Robertson will be the All Black coach after the World Cup? Do you think Ian Foster's phone would start ringing from the North? I think it would. Um, I think there would possibly be some. Um, I think you'd probably look at, at some seriously uh, good club uh, options for him as well. I mean, I, I, it's, it's difficult to say where, where the gap would be internationally, uh, but I, I can't imagine with the amount of acumen that he has and the amount of know-how that he has that he's not going to be of interest in, in some shape or form. Um, he doesn't break dance, does he, like Robertson? But, you know, we, 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 I think we'd be interested. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, um, Ireland, look, to me, they've been scary good for quite a while now. And so they've now got um, repeat of high-class performances in their back pocket. I think Andy Farrell, mm-hmm. I'd argue, is the best coach in the world at the moment. I think he's just innovative. He gets buy-in from his players. And I just keep saying whenever I watch England – no one really stands out. It's 15 yeah. good performances. Um, I wanted to know up in, the, up in the Six Nations world, every game of rugby in New Zealand, even round one, um, all of the post-match review is all about the World Cup. You know, Damien McKenzie's pushing yeah. hard for the 10 jersey in the World Cup. Is everything about the World Cup during the Six Nations as well? Yeah, I think you're never too far away from... from from having this as a dress rehearsal, you know, in, in a way, you know, and obviously, you know, Ireland's side of the draw, uh, as you guys know, is, 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 is pretty interesting. And, you know, like with the likes of Scotland starting to play well, they're, they're looking at that particular group and going, well, hang on, hang on a second, who, who gets out of this group, you know? And, and I suppose that, that that's, what's interesting. Um, I think the purists would love the six nations to almost be, more important i know that sounds ridiculous but but you, you you've got to understand what six nations means to the purists over here that the, the guys you know who who have been uh you know in you know have, have been around this game for, for so long um but i i i, I don't I, I can't imagine that anyone is really thinking about this particular six nations 2023 in any other way than than 
often are jostling for position. And it's it's interesting you say that. I had a chat with a with a, a fellow sports broadcaster today about France and and just how they are positioning themselves and how Ireland are positioning themselves. Obviously, it's great to win and it's great to beat. Do you want to show all your cards? Do you want to show all of your stuff? It's 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 an interesting uh, conversation to be having. And and I think. You know, October's still quite a long way away. There's still potential of, of, of players making a little bit of a bust, a little bit of a run, a little bit of a, a push late on and, and, and different people coming through. But but really, I think we're kind of shaping up to be able to put 15s on a page and be able to sort of see how they go and look against each other. And I think it's going to be, I think, you know, the re- the remaining games of this Six Nations are still going to be connected to the World Cup, to answer your question. I, th- I think I think it is. Uh, it's, it's very much on everyone's mind as far as... Uh, as far as you know the not the results but the performances and and what we're seeing and what we can expect next uh, next october I've long been um, a little bit disillusioned about the watering down of the importance of a rugby test match that isn't in a world cup I feel like the world cup's great in itself but it's taken away from the six nations from super rugby from Bledisloe cups um, rugby championships all of that sort of stuff because it's all and I know as soon as this rugby world cup finishes and the all blacks they're losing a lot of players um, straight away the people are going to be saying we've got to start building to the next world cup and I'm sick of it I I want test matches to be important because they should because they are and it seems to have been diluted well it was Eddie Jones's death knell really you mm. know people started to get bit fed up with him continually going on about World Cup cycles and, and, and not not really treating any other test match with the sort of respect that it it deserves. And 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 you know, I, I think um I think it's I think it's something that really uh started to irk a lot of people uh about the way he was going about it. And I I, I, I can agree with you. I mean I, I, I think that's that's a it's it's a very key thing. I think World Cups are important, but you know I I think we we got to look at slightly different setups and and getting the right team for right now to play the best rugby right now is the most important thing, um you, because there's so much we all know there's so much that goes into a rugby game it's it's chaos it's organised <laughs> chaos it's 15 men doing 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 things out there you know theoretically together but it it is a chaotic world and and so much can go wrong that's out of your control. Surely you've just got to try and stay in the now, stay in the moment, play the test match that's in front of you and do your best. You can't be looking further and further down the line about what this means and how that works and, and, and everything else. I think I think that's where I'd like to be. It's certainly where I'd like to, to, to sort of continue to look and enjoy it for what it is. Talking to Sam Roberts, uh, broadcaster in Northern Hemisphere, you, t- you brought up a word there, chaotic, and the last thing I want to ask you about is while the product is fantastic on the field and I'm enjoying the Six Nations, um, there's been threats of player strikes, there's professionalism issues in Wales, uh, there's a lot of off-field incidents, there's a lot of concern about money in the Northern Hemisphere with a couple of Premier League clubs um, folding. Um, what's the health of rugby in the Northern Hemisphere um, that's going to allow it to continue to grow and get stronger. It looks to me there's a few little, few little aftershocks before the big earthquake. Oh, you're, that's very polite. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, um, I think it's very, very ill. I think it's un- very unwell. Um, the, the 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 club game, especially, um, it doesn't work. That the money doesn't work. The money doesn't work across. Um, across the league, it, it, the, the, the setup we have we have run 
far sooner than we could actually walk. We need to take some very serious steps back. We need to have a look at the whole piece. You know, my particular heart lies with a club called Bedford Blues, which is in the second tier, which has such a, has has endured such a uh an amount of 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 funding withdrawal over the last three years which is you know almost other than for the love of the game and for people doing things and going out of their way you know just to try and keep rugby alive in in towns like 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 bedford it's um it's so sad it's it's so so sad that 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 it's all of this focus has gone on i i always go back to the idea that this game in in England, especially, and, and obviously in Wales, and, and, and potentially, it's it's been built completely incorrectly. You know, in in 1995, when when the the professional setup worked, the the, the it, it came about that the, the idea of professionalism it was built from the top down, and you can't build anything from the top down. There was no foundations laid. There was no bottom that was that was put in place to to, to create any sort of legacy or any sort of length of, of tenure, and. Unfortunately, the club sport has suffered so much since, and and the RFU has this ridiculously. And I'm not sure if your listeners know how just how ridiculous the process of the RFU have got in, in with them. But I'll try and be very quick and, and sum it up for you. The RFU basically own, and their big flagship is international matches. And for international matches, you need international players. But at the moment, those international players are owned by the clubs. And so they pay their wages. The RFU occasionally pays them a little bit of money for turning up and playing games. But ultimately, those those players are owned by the clubs. And the RFU is supposed to govern the clubs. But the clubs own the thing that the RFU needs to make all its money. So you can't govern something and tell it what to do if every time they turn around and go, well, we, you're not going to get the players. And the RFU go, okay, well, you can do whatever you want. That's no way, that's no way to govern a sport. The whole, I mean, that's just a small indicator of just how crazy the whole setup is. And, and, and until that is sorted out and until we find some way of creating some sort of governance that, that makes sense and that doesn't, isn't, you know, that doesn't, the government aren't held to ransom by the people they're trying to govern. We we ain't going to get anywhere, and and that's that, that's a small small sliver of it, but it it is an absolute mess. Um, wish us luck. Uh, pray for us, I say, over the next year or so. It's going to be very very tough, very very tough, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Oh, well, I'll, I'll have a uh, I'll have a chat to Ian Foster if Scott Robertson does get the gig. I'll suggest uh, Bedford. Eh? Um, it could be his next yeah. gig um, for twenty bucks a oh, week. That'd be that'd be great. We we we've had the. My, I'll, I'll, I'll name check him. Mike Rea has been uh, at Bedford for uh, the best part of 20 years as director of rugby for 20 years at, at Bedford. Uh, they're a fantastic, fantastic club. I mentioned Paul Tupai, an absolute legend of, of, of Bedford Blues, um, and uh, has come over and has, and has been our adopted son. And huge amount of links. A guy called Colin Jackson, who's, who's back in, I think he's in Otago and, and all of that. Great links, fantastic, fantastic setup. Yeah, send Fozzie our way. We'll, we'll, we'll sort him out. <laughs> oh, mate, Sam, it's been brilliant to talk to you. I'm going to have to make a booking to talk to you again and go even deeper about what a shamozzle does. It'll make us feel a bit better about our shamozzle, I think. <laughs> I think uh, that's good. We'll we'll compare shamozzles and we'll we'll go from there. Brilliant, Sam. Thanks so much, mate, for taking time today. Cheers. Well, cheers. Thank you.